Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. The more you ship, the more you save. With Canada Post Solutions for Small Business, we'll reward your repeat business with automatic savings. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash small business to see how you can start saving up to 34% on shipping in Canada. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and changemakers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and the lives of those driving the entrepreneurial movement in Canada. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Matt Curtis, and welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. We're thrilled to have David Ciccarelli on the show today. David is the CEO and co-founder of Voices.com, an online marketplace that connects businesses with professional voice talent. An entrepreneur at heart, he started the company in 2005 with the intention of building the place where the world finds its voice. This intention was and continues to be the baseline for Voices.com's strategic decisions. For the last decade, David, with the help of his team, has grown Voices.com from the ground up to become the leader in the voiceover industry. As CEO, David is responsible for setting the vision, executing the growth strategy, creating a vibrant culture, and managing the company on a day-to-day basis. He's here today to talk about the discipline of intention and how it can move your business forward in terms of your brand, customers, capital, and talent. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, great to be here, Matt. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, and uh, I think we'll have a great conversation today. I do too, and we're more than happy to have you on the show today. Awesome. So first things first, what are the top three things you want entrepreneurs to take away from our conversation today? Sure. Well, the first one is uh, let's get agreement on what a good definition of strategy is. And then uh, some of those critical decisions or choices that you're going to need to make as an entrepreneur and a startup founder. And then the third thing is I'm just going to offer up a helpful decision-making framework um, for navigating those uh, key inflection points in, uh, in every startup's journey. So definition strategy, the choices you're going to need to make, and then that decision-making framework. Mm. And I, I think really a great, uh, a great way to kind of highlight those things you just outlined would be to tell us the story of Voices.com and how you learned those lessons in uh, in building your business. Absolutely. Well, my background's actually in audio engineer. I mean, I grew up loving sound and was put in music uh, lessons and piano and, and played drums, actually. Uh, but uh, when it came to a formal education, I pursued uh, the craft of audio engineering, learning how to record and edit and produce music. Uh, when I graduated, I actually got my, uh, I opened up a small recording studio, Matt, just uh, similar to the probably the ones that we're in uh, today, and um, I actually got my name in the local newspaper on my birthday of all days. And that's when 
um, unbeknownst to me, uh, Stephanie, who's now my wife and co-founder of Voices, uh, her she at the time she was a classically trained singer. I mean, she she'd sing at weddings and uh, special events, and her mom actually read that newspaper article. And uh, believe it or not, she caught it out, left it for her on her bed and, and suggested, hey, Stephanie, uh, you should re- go down to the studio and record your singing repertoire. Well, that's a birthday present. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we, her mom likes to, uh, I, I guess, be the, the Cupid that brought us together, so to speak. But um, chaperoned uh, by her mom, Stephanie came down to the studio. We ended up doing those recordings, um, as I say, of her singing repertoire. But because there were other small businesses in the city uh, that wanted, uh, that read the article and they actually contacted me wanting some radio commercials done, some phone system greetings. They asked, Oh, do you know a, a female voice talent? Uh, and I had just met Stephanie the day before. So I, I said, yes, of course. And invited Stephanie down. My pitch to her was, uh, you were here yesterday. Uh, do you think you could come down to the, come back down in the studio? I'll be the engineer. You be the voice talent and read this page of copy and we'll split the money. So that's how we started working together. And after realizing a modest amount of success, uh, we put up a really terrible website. Uh, I had a, a site that I, I hacked together at the time promoting the recording studio. But then I started adding these, you know, we added these other services with Stephanie as the voice talent. And uh, that actually attracted other freelance voice talent or voice actors. We use those terms interchangeably from all around North America, people who spoke different languages, French, Spanish, German, people who did different uh, voices for different categories of work like radio or TV commercials or um, at the time, you know, kind of corporate training videos and then uh, and phone systems, as I say, and then uh, those who did like celebrity impersonations or kind of anim- uh, cartoon voices for cartoons and animated productions. So th- these voice actors would find us, ask, can I be on your website? And we always just said yes. And we got up to a few dozen people that was listed kind of uh, a link to their own website and a little player button that you could hear them. And around that same time, we had kind of concurrently clients at uh, – at ad agencies and video production companies that would find the website and say, how do I get in touch with this person? I can hear them. I, I like the sound of their voice. And that was the the aha moment, Matt, where we realized, wow, we should, um, as we say in, in startup land, we should pivot from running a recording studio ourselves and being the producer, the, the engineer and producer and like the voice talent. Let's get out of that business and instead um, Try to transform this into a, a marketplace. And that's what we uh, we did and that's what we continue to operate today, which is Voices is a marketplace that helps those business clients, small businesses, startups, all the way to Fortune 500s that are looking for a voice talent to educate, inform, and entertain an audience really through what we say the power of the human voice. Um, there's really kind of nothing more authentic than someone speaking and, and telling that story. So it, it, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey, but that's, that's how it all began. Mm. And I think that's a great launch point for our, for our next question then here, which is, again, uh, focusing around cementing that intention for your business. So I, I really want you to kind of take us back again to that aha moment and kind of, if you could, expand on what the main indicators were for you to be like, 
this is the direction we need to go and these are all these factors coming together. How did you build that foundation around this is what we are going to build? Well, hopefully what uh, what you didn't hear was me, you know, or Stephanie going into some back room and, and uh, hammering out a 400 page business plan. Um, it was more uh, serendipitous than that. Um, and I think that's what gives you that first encouragement and indication that you're that you're likely on the right path. And uh, for us, uh, we actually, you know, at, as I said, that point where we had, a, you know, a few dozen voice actors listed on the website, we actually we kind of realized we're really onto something here. Stephanie had written this long form uh, email sales, like a sales email that said, hey, listen, um, in exchange, uh, you know, we're going to market you, uh, we're going to, you know, through this website. We'll create a profile for you. And this is way back before, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook or even MySpace or Friendster. I mean, there was no ability for a, a freelance voice actor to create a create a website where, they, where you could listen to sample recordings of their voice. So pretty cutting edge at the time. And so our pitch to the voice talent that we had, had, had reached out to us was, hey, we'll, we'll build out a profile for you. And in exchange for a small membership fee, which I believe was 50 bucks a year at the time, uh, we'll market you online. And that was our brand promise. Let we, we guarantee opportunity and we want to market you to get opportunities through this, uh, through this platform. And, uh, over that first, we emailed everyone, uh, as, and over that first weekend we had, uh, we made $5,000. So sometimes, uh, it just really resonated. I mean, it was a little link at the bottom of that email to a PayPal um, page and, and, and people could pay their 50 bucks. Um, that's when we kicked into high gear to realize, okay, you know, now Stephanie was always on the voice talent side of the marketplace and I was always on the, the buy side of the clients. And, uh, I, I did realize that the pressure is now on me to fulfill that brand promise of bringing those, uh, those clients at video production companies and, and ad agencies and so forth. So the, you know, the, the cementing of the intention, um, I think is best answered through what I've come to recognize um, over the years and, and really uncover this concept of uh, the strategic choice cascade. And this is a series of questions that you really ought to ask yourself um, that help kind of ground you in, you know, wh where do you want to play? How do you want to win? Uh, and so the strategic choice cascade actually is a tool, uh, published by the Harvard business review. And just to run through it, uh, very briefly, if I can, cause I think it's an excellent tool that if, if, uh, that's worth your time to sit back even for an hour and, uh, or maybe even half an hour and just reflect on answers to these questions. And the first one being is what is your winning aspiration? I.e. what is your intention? What do you, what's the outcome that you're looking for? And at Voices, I've, I've always said, for whatever reason, maybe it was kind of the, the, an era of the coming of age for me of when the you know, dot-com companies and the first wave of the internet companies were at its height. Um, there's something in that that I find still appealing. So my winning aspiration for Voices would be that we would grow to such a point in stature that we would qualify for an IPO on NASDAQ, you know, taking, taking the company public. And so if we, that would mean, you know, aiming for certain qualifying indicators like growing the company to a hundred million in, uh, in annual revenue, you know, having a hundred thousand customers. So that's the winning aspiration. And then that, that leads to the next one. It's like, okay, if that's really what you want, 
you know, to lead the company to and whatever it is for your startup startup, then you need to ask yourself, well, where will we play? Uh, what's the lay of the land? And again, at, at, to, to kind of tie this back at voices, we define where we play is the, as, as, and as an online marketplace, we're not a talent agency. We're not a recording studio network. We are the platform that connects the buyer and seller together. And the other place we play is what we refer to as E for everyone content. So clean content, you know, family friendly, if you will, where the voice actors um, who range from actually um, kids to people of all faiths and backgrounds and social backgrounds and and um, really kind of a quite a diverse community of people, we want everyone to feel comfortable with the content that's being asked of them to be audition, you know, that they get an audition uh, invitation or ultimately when they win the job, you know, they have to fulfill that. So that's that's where we play being purely uh, an online marketplace focused on voice only and then that the content uh, content is clean. So those are um, some of the initial questions. Um, I, I won't answer all of them, but just to ask those other questions. Well, if that's where we're going to play, then how are we going to win? What's your differentiator? Sometimes known as the value proposition. Are you going to win by being the fastest, the easiest to work with, the most trustworthy? Are you competing on price? So these um, these really set your business, your startup in uh, in a different direction. And if whichever ones you pick, and Matt, you've probably heard this before about you know you can be like fast you know, good or, uh, cheap, you kind of can't be, you know, you can be two of three of those, but you can't be all three as in, you know, if you're going to be fast and good, you're probably very expensive. Um, but if you're going to be cheap, well, you may not be very good quality. So being decisive or intentional about where, what value you're delivering to your customers and how you're positioning yourself, I, I think is also an important step. And then lastly, you know, are there management systems, are there new capabilities that you need to build in order to deliver that service or build out that product in such a way? So tying this all together, it's this strategic choice cascade that really um, reveals what your intention is for your business and, and how you can operationalize what that intention is and move it from something kind of aspirational into something practical that you can carry out on a day-to-day basis. Mm. So to use the analogy of a, of a race then, shall we? Um, the first step would be identifying the goal or the length of the race that mm-hmm. you want and picking your checkpoints along the way. The next would be deciding what the actual track you want to race in is or what, uh, what again, like you said, what playground you want to play in. The third would be identifying the specific you know types uh, of car you want to be in or identifying what it is that's going to set you apart, what, you know, parts you use, everything like that. And the last would be, uh, really just, again, kind of that, that orientation about what specifically, uh, skills is your driver going to have? What are the, what are the things that they are going to do that positions them in such a, uh, such a different spot from everybody else running this race? Absolutely. Great analogy. Because if you, if you pick the, how are we going to win? If you pick a bicycle versus a race car versus exactly, you know, that's going to, well, you need to have certain skills depending on how you plot your path. Um, you know, in, in, uh, in downhill skiing, you often, you know, chart how tight you're going to, um, you know, go through the slalom course, if you will, then that is a certain capability. And I think a lot of times, 
particularly in, in startups, you can, you know, we have great ideas, good, good aspirations. We know maybe where we want to end up, but then actually carrying that through, you might realize that you don't have all of those skill sets or capabilities around you. Sometimes it's a it's a skill set that that you just personally don't have as the founder, and therefore either you need a, another uh, like a co-founder, or you need to build out a leadership team or a management team. Other times it's a system, and it could be a, a customer relationship management system, a CRM. It could be um, you know a financial system. Maybe there's some other workflow that you need automated, and not just software. It could be hardware as well too. Uh, and, and so kind of pulling all of these pieces together, I think is, is what, uh, and, and having that holistic view is, is what's so critical to not just having an intention, but being able to kind of live that out and, and, and set your, uh, startup on the, on the right path. So David, given these, these questions of intention, when should entrepreneurs ask themselves what their intention is? Well, you know, in, in reflecting on the evolution of, of our company and observing those around me, I think there's really some, some milestones um, along the way that, uh, that are good moments of pause. And the first one, you know, would be the most natural is kind of, you know, at the founding. Uh, your initial reason for starting a business, I think, you know, knowing why you're doing what you're doing and then ultimately where you want it to end up. Um, and just being honest about that, I, I, I think is, is a critical point. Uh, another one is, let's say you get your, uh, you get your startup off the ground, you're seeing some, some success, but perhaps, uh, you haven't achieved what's sometimes referred to as product market fit, meaning you have a product, but have you really solved a major persistent problem that a number of customers are facing within the market? Uh, and so I'm going to call that the finding moment. So, and then the, uh, and, and sometimes that means that you just need to reevaluate, you know, do you, do you persevere or do you pivot? Um, or, you know, are you decide to kind of, uh, reevaluate where you are? I think that finding the product market fit is, is an important one. And the last one is, is at any funding milestone. And, uh, in terms of funding, uh, this can be these moments of, again, self-reflection of, uh, how are you going to fund your company? And the way I can best frame this up would be thinking of where are the sources of cash for any business that is, that is, uh, that is starting and growing. And the first and maybe most obvious one is cash from customers where you actually do deliver a product into the marketplace. And it's delivering such value that customers are paying for it. So that's a great source of cash. Um, the, the next stage usually is, okay, that means you have cash flow, which may qualify you for a, a, a bank loan that gives you working capital. You can grow bigger and faster. And at Voices, our first bank loan was uh, $15,000 and then $30,000. And then we got a $50,000 loan and paid off the first two. And then we got a... I think it was a, a hundred, two fifty, five hundred, nine hundred. We got a two million dollar loan actually, and with each mm -hmm. of those moments, yeah, you're clearing off old debt and reinvesting into the future. But we did need to ask ourselves as a leadership team, um, you know, and get clear on what is the purpose of the of the finance um, of of the cash, and uh, you know, are, are we still moving in the right direction? Uh, hopefully the answer is yes along the way and, and really which case 
cash infusions are merely an accelerator. And that leads to the last one. If you've exhausted those first two, which uh, as founders, Stephanie and I were the two sole shareholders. Um, so we can say we, we, we bootstrapped the company up to that point. Um, we looked at each other and, and realized that it was uh, we were unlikely to get a bank loan for um, when we don't have a lot of physical assets and, and uh, intangibles. Um, that it was really the right time to explore bringing on venture capital or, or private equity. And ultimately, we landed, uh, we went on a roadshow and um, landed an $18 million uh, US um, in, uh, capital infusion from Morgan Stanley, a global investment bank. It was out of their uh, private equity group, uh, their growth capital group in San Francisco. And so, I, so when we, each of those moments from the initial founding to when you're finding that product market fit, and then determining how are you going to fund your business, I think those are the checkpoints when you you really ought to pause as a as a founder and and ask, am I still doing this for the right reasons? Am I still excited? Am I am I um, true to that uh, that end game or that out outcome that uh, that I'm working so hard for? So that's how I would think of, of when is the right time to uh, to ask yourself what your intention is. Mm. That was that was exactly what I was uh, what I was going to repeat back, which was um, it seems like really you were using those uh, those infusions, as you were saying, infusions of capital as checkpoints, as opportunities for recalibration to uh, to kind of, you know, set your uh, set your sights on not only what you have accomplished, but uh, but what you're looking ahead for as well. Well, during that capital raise, um, you know, the, the most recent, um, which was with uh, with ultimately more of a private equity firm than um, than venture capital, the, the, their profiles are slightly different, but they they're looking for the same thing, which is uh, and listen, I I pitched a lot, we got rejected a lot. Often it was just a disconnect around um, their uh, investment thesis or maybe our uh, geographic position or you know market direction. There's a number of reasons why it doesn't work on both sides. And so uh, through that experience, though, I've learned to recognize the pattern of questions that were coming my way. And every investor is going to ask you, well, first off, how big is the market? And it needs to be a multi-billion dollar growing market of global impact. And we felt that voice was that. In our research, uh, it's a $4 billion plus market. So lots of headroom from where we where we were, where we still are, um, to really capturing as much of that as possible. The next up, which is really around this notion of intention is, well, why you? Why out of all of the companies that are competing within the space, um, are you going to be the one that is the winner take all? And if not winner take all, winner take most. Most markets are gonna be a one, two player. I mean, there's there's Lyft and there's Uber. I mean, there's, you know, in terms of social media, I mean, it's either pretty much it's going to be Facebook or Twitter, maybe LinkedIn. I mean, there's there's so many where it's like a one, two or one, two or three. And then it's really difficult uh, for other players to enter the market. And so you need to have a high degree of conviction over your answer to why are you the one that's going to win in, uh, in the space. And the third one just to round that out is, uh, well, why do you need like why now? Why the capital is needed now? Uh, and there really ought to be some, again, some compelling reason why you're raising capital 
um, saying, oh, it's just for working capital. We're going to kind of keep doing what we're doing. I, I, I've not found that to be effective. Um, I've never mm. heard of anyone saying that's that's effective. Um Usually there's some, some uh, as I say, compelling reason that's going to get those investors very excited to be working with you for that next leg of the journey. Mm, yeah, and, and really having that uh, that next target in the scope and saying that the ammunition that we need to get here is exactly what's in your pockets and which is why it should be infused in us, which is going to help not only us get there, but uh, you get there as well. Absolutely. And and I think what I want to build on from that, if we could just buzz over these next points, uh, fairly high level for each of them would be how do you see and how has intention helped you and your business in creating a brand, gaining access to customers, gaining access to capital, acquiring customers and gaining talent? Well, I think we, you know, we, we covered the access to capital for sure. Uh, Morgan Stanley mm -hmm. had previously invested in a company called blinds.com, which was a marketplace for, um, believe it or not, um, hanging curtains and blinds in your house that ultimately got purchased by Home Depot for hundreds of millions of dollars. So a very successful outcome. They were familiar with this. So a single word domain name.com was an area that was appealing. So I think us even acquiring that domain name in the first place was a great act of being intentional of, of in terms of brand and rebranding. Um, it's been very helpful with employees, uh, I, I touched on this E for everyone concept before. Um, we found that people want to be affiliated, be a, uh, ha, you know, have some affinity with uh, an organization that stands for something. And so if we are saying we wanna put good messages out in the world that are uplifting, that are edifying, that are encouraging, um, even inspiring, and we're doing that through the human voice, um, that has been, uh, and, and that has been tremendously motivating. And it's also done so, uh, you know, to the exclusion of other business we've actually needed to turn away. And I think having, you know, standing for something, whatever that may be, has actually attracted employees to join voices, has also uh, retained people when kind of looking at the lands, uh, landscape of potential opportunities for the career. So I think it's been very, uh, very good that way. Um, and you know, the, I guess the other one would, would be around customers. Um, we, we also communicate that with customers as well of, you know, directionally long-term where we, where we want to go. We've, we've said publicly, you know, even many times that we aspire to be the leading platform of its kind, uh, you know, in this space. Uh, and so when, when you put that type of flag in the ground, you really ought, you know, you really have to live up to it. And so we're trying to make those, uh, those good decisions every day. Mm. And to uh, and to again, kind of kind of move more into an area where um, sometimes business can get lost. Sometimes the direction can get muddied. Sometimes the compass can be off. Do you think that uh, that it can be narrowed down to a lack of intention when it comes to uh, some founders may find themselves floundering or, or uh, a, a little bit rudderless? And when that happens, what what do you think that's that's a cause of, or do you think that uh, you can really narrow it down to that is what happens to businesses when they don't have a good solid intention? Yeah, it definitely occurs, um, and I think you know we've all both as as startup founders and entrepreneurs, we we ha have a sense of that personally, um, and if that is you as uh, you know as as a founder, I would encourage you to speak with other founders, um, seek some help. There's counselors, there's, there's professionals in the space to even just 
share those personal challenges um, with, I, I would certainly encourage that. But really what we're referring to here from a, from a business perspective is this notion of mission drift. You, you started with a mission to conquer the world and make, make the world a better place or something just shy of that. Uh, and when you, you drift out of that, it's probably because you made maybe some bad choices. And um, I mentioned off the top, Matt, about a, you know, a, dis, a simple decision-making framework that, um, that folks listening can, can consider is when you come to that proverbial fork in the road, um, where if we think of, you know, strategy is that set of choices that you're making that is going to position you for success within your industry. So what are those choices? And often the choices is that, you know, it's a choice between left or right between, between A and B. So it's, it's, it, it is a true decision that you need to make. The, the decision-making framework I'm referring to is actually from a book by the same name, um, written by Susie, Susie Welsh, uh, called 10, 10, 10. And, uh, in a nutshell, it's, you should ask yourself, what is the right decision that I'm going to feel great about 10 minutes from now, 10 months from now, and 10 years from now. And really what that does is put parameters around short, medium, and long-term consequences or outcomes of a particular decision. There's lots of times where 10 minutes from now, you don't think it's a big deal. 10 months from now, you might be really starting to feel the consequences of a particular decision and feel like you, again, and we're just looking through a business lens here, you've maybe uh, experienced a bit of mission drift. You've it set you off on a course that you, you want to get back onto, uh, you know, the right path. Uh, 10, 10 years from now, you know, if you kind of play that out in your mind, you can start to see, wow, this might not be at all what I want to, uh, to have happen. Uh, and so to, to, you know, make this real for how, what we experienced at, at voices, that's exactly how we, we thought about this capital raising process going from bootstrap to private equity, um, really a global investment bank, um, funded, was saying 10 months from now, are we going to feel great? Yep. We, it allowed us to acquire a, a competitor uh, at the time to partner with them and ultimately acquire. Um, it allowed us to build out our leadership team. And it was also consistent with 10 years from now. I said right off the bat that if we, we, we hope to um, become a publicly traded company on NASDAQ, that would be amazing. Morgan Stanley is actually the number one investment bank. Uh, for technology M&A and technology IPOs. So I felt like that decision was consistent. Raising capital from them was consistent with that long-term outcome. So we continue to feel great about them being uh, wonderful partners to us. And as we as we do kind of pull back the scope on that, I, I want to uh, gauge your opinion on really kind of shifting the focus to the entrepreneurial landscape in Canada in, in general. And I want to know uh, from your opinion, what do you think the presence of intention and the importance of intention, uh, do you think it's being communicated effectively enough to entrepreneurs across Canada? And do you see a role for an organization like Startup Canada to uh, to kind of help and spread that message of intention? Well, absolutely. I think we're doing it here today. Um, the more we can, uh, you, you know, uh, understand why we're doing what we're doing, we're not starting a business because 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fad or it's something fun that we like, or it seems like a cool job. Um, it is, you know, it, there's a lot riding on the line, especially as the business grows, then other people are looking to you, um, as a leader. And, uh, so I think startup Canada has been, um, from a number of events to, uh, the referrals to other organizations and, uh, even a show, uh, like the podcast here today and many of the other experts, um, I think infusing this, this notion of not only, in, you know, intentionality, but reason and purpose, um, I think will help create entrepreneurs that have more, uh, dedication and persistence to overcome those inevitable challenges that, uh, that are going to present themselves sometimes at, at inopportune, uh, times, but uh, if you, again, recognize why you're doing what you're doing and see that, uh, that successful outcome, I think it gives you a lot of encouragement along the way. So, David, as we wrap up our conversation today, um, and in light of everything that we have discussed, I, I want to know what you think the most tangible takeaway for entrepreneurs is uh, that they could take and implement in their business immediately after listening to us. Well, let's let's refresh the definition of strategy. If strategy is the set of choices that a business is going to make that possessions itself within an industry to be successful over the long run, then you need to be making very specific choices, being clear on your choices, have intention and have conviction that these are the choices you're going to make so that you can actually follow through on them. And those are choices like what is your winning aspiration? Where will we play? How will we win? And what are the capabilities I need to be successful? And then from there, when you get to those inevitable, as I call them, those forks in the road, then consider that simple decision-making framework of 10, 10, 10. Ask yourself, am I still feeling good about, am I going to feel good about this decision 10 minutes from now, 10 months from now, and 10 years from now? So hopefully that's memorable and uh, as well as actionable for those maybe that are at one of those forks in the road uh, in their own business today. David, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your time, uh, your wisdom, your experience, your expertise, and and really honing in on a word that we hear so often, which is strategy, which is intention, which is you know knowing what your mission is, and and really kind of laying out that kind of roadmap and saying, well, this is how you deconstruct it. This is how you build it back up based on your own unique situation, your own unique skills, and your own unique place in the marketplace absolutely so again thank you uh, thank you so much for coming on today oh great to be here matt and uh, we'll see you again soon thank you for joining us this week on the startup canada podcast a show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business until next week i'm your host matt curtis Go check out the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern.